All right, welcome, Danny, to the Nil Nil Football Podcast. This is episode 30, which, um, wow, we already hit 30. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, you know so let's start off with a Euro 22 correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> sure, throw it to me while you're eating. Yes. All right, Danny, walk us through all the Women's Euro 2022 games that happened. Um, it okay. was. Was it England versus Spain and Germany versus Austria, right? And that's the two that's happened so far. That's right. Since we're recording this on Thursday, that means those two games are the ones that have happened so far. We're still waiting on the Sweden-Belgium, which will happen tomorrow. And France-Netherlands is going to happen on Saturday. So, um, out of the two games, the better game was England versus Spain. That was a battle. Between the two clubs, the two teams, they they were just, Spain was playing so well, so beautiful, <laughs> uh, so many passes as they usually do, but they really seemed to have control of the majority of that game, um, and in the first half, they ended it uh, nil-nil, and um Again, Spain just took control. It was mostly Spain having chances. Sure, England did have one or two, but it was mainly Spain moving their way forward. And they just kept running into the same issue that I mentioned before, where they just couldn't convert their chances. Mm -hmm. And uh, second half, uh, right off the bat, Spain made a change. And they ended up subbing in their number 10 at the Nea del Castillo, who at this point is one of my favorite players. Uh, after watching her play, she just drives at every player that's in front of her whenever she has the ball. Uh, she, I think, megged daily two or three times from England and broke her ankles once. <laughs> So, uh, I, if you get a chance to watch that clip, it's so satisfying to see. Uh, but she was the key to Spain doing so much better. Um, really, she actually ended up getting the assist and creating the chance that Spain had uh, and converting a goal. So, Spain was winning this game up until... Um, they weren't so uh they scored that in the 54th minute and you know i was watching this game and it really really did look like spain was going to take this like they were going to upset the home team and uh 84th minute england scores the tire and then they end up going to extra time and six minutes later, Spain kind of looked a little bit flustered, confused, and left a lot of spa- space for uh, Stanway. And she just took one good hit at that ball, and it was in the back of the net. So England ended up winning this 2-1, to one, and they move on. So if you were part of the hype for England then the hype is still alive, but the hype has been put into question after this game. It's coming home. At least that's the the same reaction that they've been having so far. Uh, but yeah, this, this game was amazing. Uh, a lot of notable players for Spain. Uh, like I said, uh, Del Castillo was great. Carmona was great. Uh, um well, Gonzalez, who's the the player who scored the goal, yeah, they were just Bonmati also Bonmati, fantastic player. She would get the ball in some of the most complicated areas, surrounded by four or five players at a time, and she would dribble her way out of there and pass it all the way back so that they can build up again. It was so nice to watch her play. Both uh, Bonmati and Cardon, uh, sorry, Bonmati and the Castillo were my favorite players to watch uh, in this match. Uh, third would be Olga Carmona. So yeah, Spain was doing well. Daly was completely overwhelmed. Um, 
Meade and Kirby were kind of ghosted out at times by Spain. And it wasn't until their subs came in and their England subs really did end up putting the whole team on their back and just carrying them over to the next round. Yeah. Um, given I didn't watch the game because I work in the morning, so I didn't really have time to watch it. But I do listen to podcasts hey, on the way I, to I, work, I, right? I didn't watch it live either. I recorded it. I, know, I didn't watch I know. it until at night. I know, but um, I do listen to podcasts, uh, a lot of English podcasts. And they did talk a little bit about this game. So from what I heard from them was that Spain was, you know, really good in possession is how both the men and women know how to do that, right? And mm-hmm. for most of the game, they were dominant. They deserved to get the 1-0 lead. The yes. biggest moment of the match was actually, what, like you mentioned before, when those subs came in. Apparently, I mean, she took off her best players to sub on other ones. And that's what made the difference. I mean, she took off Ellen White. She took off Kirby, I think, as well, right? And yeah. I mean, those are, if there's anybody Kirby. you want to win the game, you want them both to be in there, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, even though they're the their best players for England, they were being completely shut out yeah. by by Spain. Uh, Kirby, she was struggling at, most of the time. At times, you wouldn't even see her anywhere near the ball. Uh, Meade would get the ball and would actually get fouled and get those calls but at the same time she wasn't really providing anything you know she wasn't doing anything beneficial when she did have the ball um and honestly like one of the great changes that england had in the extra time it was no no it was the second half uh was bringing on uh alex greenwood uh, you remember her? She, she played, played for Man, Man City. She played for Man United and then went straight to Man City right after. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um. You also remember? Her. I remember her from from the World Cups and from the last Euro. Yeah. Um. And I think I mostly remember her because of her eye <laughs> eyelashes. They're just so there. Um. Yeah. So she came in. And she was subbed on for daily, and her job was to pretty much stop uh, Del Castillo for Spain, who was the one just destroying that right side. Um, and she did a fantastic job bringing that experience. She really did shut shut down Del Castillo so much that they ended up switching her over to the left. Uh, but at that point, Spain wasn't really having the same impact that they had throughout most of the match. Yeah, but. At the end, do you think England deserved to win this game? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else to say. They clawed whatever energy they had left. They fought for those last two goals, the one to tie it and the second one to win it. Um, I will say that it was a bit of an unlucky conceding for Spain because of how well they had been managing the whole game but to me as much as i wanted spain to win it is a a fair england win yeah um that's what pretty much what i heard is that like as soon as england scored the first goal like spain was pretty much gone at that point like they had nothing yeah like the majority of the tanks were pretty pretty devastated already um even though they did make quite a few uh subs but the whole back line the whole defensive line it was the same one that started so you know if it was up to them i'm assuming that they had very little left to give at that point yeah all right let's move on to the next game so germany uh, germany <laughs> germany no, ended up right. beating austria uh 2-0 yeah yeah, Germany ended up beating Austria 2-0. This is a game that I had told you where Austria was going to give Germany a struggle. Um, and I figured it was going to be something very similar to what I ended up seeing in the Norway game, or if anybody else who watched it, um, what we witnessed there, where they were able to control the game defensively, so shut down any sort of uh, attack from the opposing team. And it seemed 
like they were actually going to control that the game during the first 20 minutes of the match um which they had germany on their back leg they were constantly pressing and they had like two or three chances and one of those ended up hitting the goalposts so that's how close they were to scoring and how much pressure they were putting on germany and like i said it looked like they were actually going to contend uh but five minutes later after that post hit uh Germany comes back and scores their first goal. And uh, that's how it was uh, the majority of the time. Uh, It went from Austria being confident that they could do something to immediately scrambling and just crawling inside their shell. Uh, They just ended up trying to defend as much as possible. Uh, One thing I did note, as opposed to to the spanish wonder how they were passing the ball back and forth and just controlling it so well uh austria was a complete opposite they could hardly put two passes together anytime that they had the ball germany was always pressing them and somehow always ended up picking their pocket and whenever austria did have the ball to pass they always ended up passing it to a german player um I'll tell you this much. Their pass accuracy, 59%. Dang. That is is uh, terrible. terrible. That is terrible. And That's basically... What is that basically like? uh, One out of every three passes they miss? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, if you watched this game, knowing the statistic, you would notice it right away. And it was very, very frustrating to watch. Uh, it was a completely different team than what you ended up seeing in that Norway game. And you, as soon as I ended up seeing those those kind of movements from Austria and the pressing and the fight from Germany, um, I knew that this was going to just end at the 1-0. Because even though they were losing and Germany were pressing harder, uh, they still did everything possible to deny a second goal. Uh, except for the part where they were so adamant about starting and building from the back. You had the goalie. Whenever there was a goal kick, the goalie was at the back. She had a player to her right, and then she had another player to her left. So she, they would have one of the defensive players pass it to the goalie and then try to go for a long ball. They had been doing this over and over and over throughout the whole match and um pop she anytime they they started off the kickoff she would run at them and try to get in front of the ball and there were a couple of close calls yeah and they kept doing this and you would think why are they doing this this is terrible because you also had three german players just waiting for them to start the kickoff And so they continued doing this. And in the 90th minute, it finally gave out. The goalie for Austria, uh, she, Zinsberger, she ended up trying to, you know, get rid of the ball, go for a long ball. But as she did kick it, Pop was already right in front of her, diving towards her. And what ended up happening? The ball ricocheted off of her into the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's uh, you don't question the players because the players at that point are just following the instructions of the manager. Clearly, yeah, the manager has given the instruction to um, keep playing out of the back no matter what. It was terrible. It was frustrating. Like if you were an Austria fan or uh, yeah, an Austria fan rooting for them and watching this, you would be questioning every single time. Why are they doing this? They're so pressed at that point they have no room to work it out that's how high the front line for germany was they were like right almost right up against them so they didn't have that luxury to start playing from the back you know and if the goalie was going to end up kicking it like she attempted to why didn't she just go for the goal kick from the beginning where she wouldn't have a german player right in front of her blocking her her pass I don't know. It just seemed like an unnecessary you know? risk to put all that pressure 
on keeping the same formation, keeping the same tactics. If anything, yeah, good managers know how to adapt to the game plan. And clearly, whoever was managing the women's team uh, for Austria was so stubborn that he wanted to play it, or she wanted. I, I don't know if it's a woman or a man. yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, it's a woman. I don't know if she wanted them to play a certain way, but uh, I mean, I would attribute this loss to the manager and not the players because yeah, they, no, no. I mean, given given the close calls they've had with other uh, teams that they played along the way, I mean, they made it mm-hmm. to the quarterfinals for a reason, right? So yeah, they they are good enough to compete with the top teams, but I'm guessing sticking to that form just kind of started them off on the wrong foot and just it set them up for mm-hmm. failure, right? Yeah. So at that point, you know, I know you're saying don't blame the players, but for me, if you kind of rewatch that moment of that 90th goal it kind of feels like austria threw in the towel you know or at least the goalie did that's what it looked like to me um like they were just done like they wanted this game to be over like get rid of the hopes uh because you know they weren't gonna win but it, it was frustrating to watch throughout the whole game how many close calls they had and how much better it would have been if they would have just started from a regular goal kick because some of their best chances happened when either the goalie or a defensive player ended up going for a long ball and would pretty much jump over all of the German team. Once they had the German team backline facing their goal, running backwards, that's where Austria usually had a better chance of gaining that second ball and trying to make something out of it because it wasn't even the only time that they had the opportunity to score in the 20th minute the one where it hit the the goal post they actually had another one after that or two more actually after that in the second half so it's not like austria didn't have any chances to win this or to score or to even draw they did but it's part defensively they're good they still need to work on their attacking, though. Yeah. But uh, it's much better from, at least uh, according to the commentators, their attack is much better now than what it was in previous tournaments. Yeah. Well, um, the next two games still yet to be played. That'll happen on the weekend, right? Uh, yeah, so one's going to happen on Friday, which is going to be Sweden-Belgium. And that one's going to be interesting because, um, like I said, Sweden is kind of questionable, being the number two they haven't been playing too up to their potential and at the same time from uh what i was hearing during the germany austria game apparently their camp got hit with some covid so it's gonna be interesting what players are gonna be out as long as they have aslani they can score some goals as long as they have aslani rolfo and a couple of their (laughs) other good ones then they'll actually have a chance. And what is the last one on again? The last one's going to be on Saturday and that's going to be France Netherlands. That's going to that's practically like a final matchup <laughs> based on these two teams. So these uh these two games should be pretty interesting. But yeah, we already got two teams in the semifinal, England and Germany. All right. Um let's move on. So uh, given that it is the summer, a lot of the leagues are obviously in the off season. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. many are starting the preseason as we speak. There's a couple of interesting games that happened um, over the last couple of days since we had the last podcast. So, uh, mainly action coming from yesterday. There's a lot of MLS teams playing against Premier League clubs. And this is very interesting because uh, a lot of European fans, I would say English ones in general, like to attack on the MLS and how we call it soccer and whatnot. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, starting off the first match, Bayern Munich versus DC United. This game kind of how kind of went how with like how you expected it to go. Bayern Munich ended up winning six to two against DC United. I would say it is embarrassing that they let DC United score two goals because they're at the bottom of the table, right? Yeah, but Rooney's in charge of them now, so you can give those two goals to Rooney. Yeah, if anything, Philadelphia Union is better because they scored seven and conceded none. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that is a pretty val- uh, valid argument. Yeah, but uh, in this game, Sadio Mane scored his first goal, although it was a penalty. 
Um, and I think Serge Gnabry renewed his contract. Uh, there's a bunch of... Oh, and uh, Matthijs De Ligt uh, debuted for Bayern Munich after his transfer from Juventus. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were making the joke because he actually scored a goal in this game. And people were like, man, dude literally got off the plane and already scored. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, He understood the job. Yep. So, it looks like uh, Bayern Munich's playing like how Bayern Munich usually does. Except this time they got no Lewandowski. All right. Let's move on to the next game, which is an utter embarrassment for the Premier League. Where Minnesota United ended up playing against Everton. Now, Minnesota United is not the best team in the MLS by any means. They are mid-table Western Conference team. Um, so, in this they, match... They are also um, a team that lost not that long ago. Yes. Well, I mean, Everton, uh, obviously we know they had relegation struggles last season. But normally, they're hanging around mid-table, if not the 7th, 8th, ninth place. Somewhere around there, right? But given how mm-hmm. bad Everton's form been on the, you know, we've noticed they've been on decline. Uh, they keep firing their managers. They keep making signings for enormous amounts of money and then just selling them on because they never work. So they're losing tons of money as well. And now they have a restricted budget. Um, they've lost their best player in Richarlison, who went to Tottenham. So now they only have Dominic Calvert-Lewin as a strike force. I mean, I guess you could count Alex Awobi. But he's never until been he gets in, of course. Yeah, but he's never been that prolific. So, um, anyways, Minnesota United ended up thrashing Everton four nil. Uh, from four, yes, four yes. nil. Um, three of those happening in the first half. I guess Everton hasn't figured out how to defend yet because they played two games, conceded six, scored zero. Right. So, um, oh my God. yes, uh, Minnesota United. I mean, their DP Reynoso is pretty much just off the charts Pulling the strings yeah i mean we we talked about how his form was picking up like he started off slow in the mls and his form's picking up well it looks like he just continued where he left off um mm-hmm. the minnesota united thrashing everton um i was watching a couple of the post-game videos from everton fans because there's quite a few everton fans in attendance in the game there's and, still some of those left really no apparently all of them left pretty quickly uh what they were saying is that just they saw absolutely nothing good from the team. They're not that worried yet because it is preseason. The the alarm bells aren't ringing, but you can hear a little triangle in the background, you know. <laughs> um, they're, they're hoping a lot of – I've heard this a lot already so far when talking about Everton. Uh-huh. They're hoping there's three teams worse. They're hoping there's three teams worse. Yes. I have a feeling that they're going to be in 18th position. Oh. After uh, the first day. Well, so that's kind of easy. But, uh, yeah, so from what I heard as well, Everton really didn't uh, have any attacking prowess whatsoever. The only chance they had was through Deli Alley, who ended up missing a sitter. So oh, he's still trash. Yeah, he's still garbage. At least Donny Van de Beek made it out alive. <laughs> you got him back safe and sound into one piece. Yes, and he's playing good. Here's the thing. Uh, while some Everton fans are say, hoping that there's three worse teams than them, uh, I believe that the rest of the Premier League fans are saying they might as well just start in the championship already. Yep. And a lot of them are embarrassed that they lost to an MLS team. A lot of Americans are saying, it's called soccer now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just hilarious. Because, let's move on to quickly to a next game. Everton wasn't the only Premier League team that lost against an MLS team. Chelsea. Oh, ended a blue up, one. Yeah, Chelsea ended up losing to Charlotte FC on Wait, penalties. Wait, hold on. Charlotte? Yes. Charlotte. Kristen Fuchs. Right. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's it's, the reason they won. Yeah. So um, it looked like a pretty even game uh, from the highlights that I saw. Um, it was pretty much, it wasn't back and forth. Obviously, Chelsea had more of the opportunities, but it wasn't like Charlotte just spent the whole time defending. They had equally, mm-hmm. I think, especially in the second half, they had a bit more attacking opportunities than Chelsea even. So the way that they ended up tying the game was uh, just happened to be a penalty in the last minute, which... 
I want to say they got lucky. It's more like the defender ended up falling down with his arm raised up and it blocked the shot. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. a standard definition of a penalty. But right. um, regards to that, they ended up going to a penalty shootout since they ended up drawing a one-to-one. And everybody knows <laughs> that penalties are Chelsea's kryptonite, especially if you're playing with Kepa. But they weren't. Uh, they were playing with Mendy, and apparently Mendy just didn't feel like choosing a direction. He stood still the whole match. <laughs> <laughs> did he just want to let them win because he knew that they were new yeah not only that i mean the first guy that went up to shoot against mandy did a panenka on him that's probably why oh my the only god time he did pick a direction they panenka mandy but then that's kind of embarrassing yes then after a couple of penalties uh connor gallagher who was on loan at, at chris palace last season is now back with chelsea for the preseason and he ended up trying his own panenka Except he got no height on it whatsoever, so he just passed the ball straight to the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as that happened, all the comments were saying, going back to Crystal Palace in a minute, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, can we please get this Chelsea to be the one to start the Premier League? Oh, you really want Chelsea not to do good, do you? Oh, of course. That's fine. Chelsea's the only one that could sign a striker for 115 mil and then loan them out the next season for 20. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, anybody that they get, they always end up loaning out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny game. I mean, Christian Pulisic ended up scoring the goal. So good for him. He's the one that scored mm-hmm. for Chelsea, even though they're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, what is up with that? Uh, they just don't respect Americans. But I guess maybe that'll change now that we're they're owned by Americans. Uh, the guy that owns <laughs> the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. So, we'll see, but, um, yeah, they're trying to, I've heard rumors about Tristan Pulis getting loaned out, or not loaned out, but, you know, transferred to some other teams. Heard rumors about Juventus and stuff like that, but nothing concrete so far. I mean, obviously, he's in the preseason with them. Uh, Anyway, from from one London club to the next one, Arsenal, ended up playing against Orlando City. Now, how did that go? uh, It's quite interesting actually arsenal ended up playing against everton in the united states uh earlier in the week and they ended Mm -hmm. up winning two nil against everton um in this one arsenal ended up winning against orlando city three to one although i would say that scoreline is a little bit deceptive uh i think it was a lot more evenly matched that you would think i mean this is a this is a scoreline you'd see in the premier league easily Um, right the good news is it seems like Arteta has Arsenal firing on all cylinders again. I mean, you got Martinelli scoring. I think Gabriel Jesus coming into the team really helps out a lot, especially because mm-hmm. he's getting in those positions that he never got the chance to be at Man City because they never played him, right? Um, right. He's finally getting to play as a, a striker like he wants to, I think. In the couple of preseason games that he's had, he's had like two or three goals already. So he's you can tell he's way happier playing for Arteta. Yeah, and, and the thing is that it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around him being at Arsenal. Yeah, well, I mean... After, after having been at Man City, I know he didn't really get to play as often as he m- probably wanted. Um, but it's it's still kind of weird. But it also makes sense. I mean, Arteta coming from being uh, Pep's assistant, he's just trying to pick up the pieces that Pep's leaving behind. Yep, I mean, he already... They just made the. They just signed Zinchenko from Man City as well. Oh, because, so he's just Arsenal's just Man City Junior then? Uh, yeah, uh, Arsenal City. <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal City Junior. Yeah, but yeah, Eddie and Kedia ended up scoring. Uh, Reese Nelson ended up scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pretty straightforward win for Arsenal. But uh, if you have the chance, go watch the highlights. Uh, Facundo Torres ended up scoring a brilliant goal for Orlando City. Uh, he ended up actually um, wrong-footing a couple of Arsenal's defenders and slotting it near post. And it was it's it's a really good goal. Like, it's a really high-quality goal. I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of the MLS teams were pretty much ready to handle the level the MLS is at, especially considering we're smack-dab right in the middle of our season, right? Right. So you have a lot of players who are kind of tired from the weekend. All right, now let's move on to the final Premier League team. Uh, they didn't end up playing an MLS team. They ended up playing America. So we have Kevin De Bruyne versus America. 
I mean, Man City. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused for a second. I was like, wait, they only played him and it was against the whole team? I could see that happening. <laughs> Look at the stats. It was literally Kevin De Bruyne that took him down. <laughs> wait, what was the scoreline? I have no idea about um, this. Man City ended up winning 2-1 to one against America with two goals from Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> okay. Um, America did have a good goal as well. I would say it's not as good as the Orlando City goal, but it was pretty decent. Um, Grealish actually played in this game and he ended up trying to fight everybody that kept tackling him. Uh, he ended up having a fight with Memo at some point. What? Yeah, and I know people don't really watch, um... Mexican. Yeah, Liga Mekis that much, but everybody knows Ochoa. You can tell because, uh... Highlights from this game were being posted, you know, to the British Instagram pages and the European Instagram pages and whatnot. And as mm-hmm. soon as the show comes out, all the comments are like, oh, this boy about to go in World Cup mode. <laughs> <laughs> it's because that's the only thing he's got. Like, club-wise, yeah, he's good. But when it comes to the World Cup, he just hits a different level. It's like his m- body and mind just go 10 years in the past into his prime mode yeah that's why everybody's saying so he's like they're like in about four months he's about to hit his elite level um seriously but yeah so i didn't really watch the highlights in this one but i had a feeling man city would win just on paper but i guess kevin de bruyne was all they needed to score goals he scored a wonderful outside of the box shot Uh, i forgot Mm -hmm. the other one i think it was just a little bit more straightforward where they just passed and he was able to be open in space inside the box and took a shot but uh, right. pretty much straightforward. Erling Holland didn't play. I don't know why. There's a lot of rumors that he was going to start in this game, but he didn't. So maybe we'll see him in their next friendly match. Who knows? Uh, Probably. But, yeah, so I think America is going to go on to play Real Madrid next at some point. Yeah, they're, they're playing like all these teams, and they're also in the middle of a, a season right now. Yeah, um, and... I mean, as we know, America, the team that plays with all Mexicans, uh, said by the great <laughs> Pep Guardiola, who uh, got his coaching badges in Mexico. So, Seriously, the funny thing is that if you say the Mexican soccer team that only plays with Mexicans and you don't say the name of the team, you're not going to think America. Like yeah. Everybody who knows the league will not think America. Yeah. It's Chivas. Yeah, I was uh, interesting enough. San Jose Earthquakes played against Celta Vigo. That's the one that kind of flew on the radar. I didn't even know that game happened. And how did that one go? One month, they ended up drawing. Not bad from San Jose. Well, I think they are on their form is coming up a little bit. Although they did lose to Houston in the last match, but um, yeah, Chivas ended up playing. It was finished nil nil with the red card of Chivas. So who did they play? Uh, Leon. Oh, okay. So, so far, Chivas got no wins. I think they got one loss and, like, three draws. Yeah. And one and goal this, scored. This, this was a league game? Yes, one goal scored in four games. That is sad. Yep. So, I mean, if you time it about right, in about three games, we'll have a new coach. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, the record that you're giving me, it doesn't sound like the team that ended up reaching the playoffs no, but it is coached by the same guy. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. It's the same players, too. All right. So, uh, you'd think that they'd be playing better. Yeah. Okay, that pretty much covers all the international friendlies, at least all the interesting ones. I mean, there's plenty of ones around the world. I know uh, PSG played against a Japanese team because they're on tour in Japan right now. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into the MLS little preview for the weekend. All right, so these are all the games that will be happening this weekend, starting on Saturday, July 23rd. Yeah, we got NYC versus Miami at 4 p.m., live on ESPN+. Plus. Just like it always is, they're going to be playing at Yankee Stadium, which is one of NYCFC's five homes, right? Uh, Five homes? What do you mean five homes? I'm pretty sure they've been switching stadiums like every three months or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> what are they getting evicted out of every single one they go to? That's not. It's just they can't build the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so NYCFC versus Miami. Um, who ended up winning? Miami ended up winning the last game, the last minute goal, wasn't it? I don't remember, honestly. It was Miami versus Charlotte. Uh, sure yeah, Miami, Miami ended up. Yeah, Miami beat Charlotte three to two. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, that was that last minute goal. And NYCFC ended up winning 1-0, I believe, against one the Red Bulls and the Red Derby. Bulls. Yeah. Um, on paper, everything points to NYC. I'm going to go with Miami. You know what? I'm going to go with NYCFC for the sole reason that their striker, your favorite player, Tati Castellanos, right? Uh, he's leaving to La Liga. Because because the city he found a team that's going to put him on the bench. The city football group owns Girona in La Liga, so they're just going to move him over. And this will be his final game for the team. Hello. <laughs> okay, I can hear you now. Oh, were you not hearing me before? No, uh, the last thing I heard was that. The city owner owns Girona. Yes, the man. The city football group owns Girona, which plays in La Liga. So they're just going to transfer him over there after this game. This will be his final MLS game, from what I heard. Congratulations! So Let me he, know how the bench feels over there. I mean, he technically was the top scorer. Probably not going to finish the top scorer anymore. No, definitely not. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give NYCFC the win for that one. Uh, I don't really have a score in mind. I have no idea how this is going to go. Well, I'm going to give it to Miami. Yeah. And I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-1 Miami. All right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll go 2-1 NYCFC. All right. Uh-huh. Next up, we go for Cincinnati versus Nashville. I feel like this should be a derby, but it isn't. You know? It seems like it would be. Yeah, so we got um, Cincinnati... Who ended up losing against the Columbus Crew 2 0, I believe, in the Hell is Real Derby. And Nashville ended up losing 2 1 against LAFC. Uh, I mean, they're both coming off of a loss. They're going to be playing in TQL Stadium. Is that Cincinnati Stadium? I think it is. Just, just in the very nature that they're playing at home, I'm just going to give it straight to Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Cincinnati as well. Although, um, I think they're not just coming off of one loss. It should be two losses, no? Doesn't matter. Let me double check that. Yeah, well, I mean, you can also lose at home. When you're playing at home, you got to win. Unless you're the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh, no. They didn't lose twice. They ended up drawing against the Red Bulls. So, um, yeah, I'm still going to give it to Cincinnati. I feel like attack-wise, Cincinnati is... Probably a bigger threat than Nashville. Yeah, I know Mukhtar can be kind of a pain for defenders, but he's one man and he's not going to take on four at the same time. Or he will, but he'll probably not be that successful. So, yeah, Cincinnati. All right, next we got Columbus Crew versus New England at Revolution. Uh, Columbus Crew ended up winning 2-0 against the aforementioned Cincinnati. Do you remember who New England played against last week? Uh, yes. New England played against uh, Philadelphia and lost 2-1. to one. Okay. Here's how I say it's going to go. New England, going to score the first goal. End up giving three because we know they love giving away leads. So Columbus, going to win 3-1. to one. <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking Columbus too, uh, especially because of what you mentioned last time, that new connection with uh, Salarayan and their striker. Yeah, I think they're on fire. Right? Um, I feel like that's really going to pay off, and I agree with you. I think it could be a three, but I don't think that New England is going to find the back of the net. I don't think so either. So it'll oh, be a I mean, three-nil for I me. Mean, I do think so. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Orlando versus Philadelphia. Um, I mean, it's got to be Philadelphia, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to be Philadelphia. Um, with Orlando having played that midweek game, um, I feel like they're not going to have all the resources available. And uh, Philadelphia has kind of like picked up their form again after winning that 7-0 against D.C. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win for Philadelphia against Orlando. I'll go 3-1. All right. Also, by the way, all the games that we've mentioned besides NYC versus Miami are at 4.30 p.m. so far. So, the last 4.30 p.m. game is Toronto versus Charlotte. I think Toronto is god-awful right now. Although, there's rumors that Insigne will start start. in this game. As well as probably 
Bernardeschi. I think You're I'm right. just gonna stick with Bernardeschi. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Insigne was only in his thirty. Like he's only thirty years old. He's only thirty. Yeah. Like, actually, three zero thirty. Yeah. Why do I? Why have I felt that he's been older than me all this time? I, I thought he was like thirty-five or something. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought he was thirty-five as well. Wow. Go so figure. yeah, uh, Toronto probably gonna play with all their DPS against Charlotte. Although Toronto is pretty poor, so I'm gonna go with Charlotte to take this one, even though Toronto's gonna have their DPS. So I'm gonna make this a three-two win. I'm going to say that Toronto is going to do a New England and they're going to score first and they love giving away leads, so they'll also end up conceding too. Yes. And also, I mean, Toronto ain't no Chelsea. And Charlotte handled that. Oh. <laughs> oh, they they know what's coming. Yes. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's go to DC United versus Montreal. Should be Rooney's first MLS game in charge, you know, with a full week of training in, right? Yeah, so this is going to be interesting um, to see what effect he's going to have on the team. Uh, Going up against another MLS team, not a Premier League team. Uh, And Montreal, let's see, did they win or lose their last game? I think they won. They won against Toronto. So they They did end up getting, they'll probably lose this one. Uh, they got a red card. That's Kamal Miller, so he won't be part of this lineup. Oh, they're definitely gonna lose that. Yeah. Uh, and he's uh, one of their defenders. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go with DC on this one, and they're gonna win two nil. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with DC as well. And actually, I was gonna say two nil too. I don't know why that number was sticking in my head, but yeah, I was gonna say two nil as well. All right, moving on. Yeah. Um, at 5:30 p.m., we got Houston versus Minnesota United. Minnesota just defeated Everton. The relegation team in the Premier League. So, uh, given that Houston is the Texas equivalent of that, mm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go that Minnesota's probably gonna win like three to one. You know what? I think it's gonna be something a bit more similar to Everton. Let's go with a four-one. All right. Uh, let's just move on to the next game. Uh, we'll talk about LAFC at the end, I guess. Uh, Real Salt Lake, FC Dallas, 7 p.m. This is also on Saturday. So, uh, given both their forms, I think they're both decent teams. This one's kind of like a 50-50 on who's going to win. Wait, which one are we talking about? FC Dallas versus Real Salt Lake. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think in a different week, like a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have gone... Uh, Salt Lake, but I can really see this just being a draw, like 1-1. That's a good one. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to raise it up a bit and go 2-2. Okay, yeah. I feel this just seems like a draw. Neither one is performing very well or terribly. Um, So that's why I feel like it's going to be more of a draw according to the Google statistics, though. Uh, Salt Lake has a 47% chance of being the victors in this game, and uh, Dallas only has a 26% chance of that. Uh, still, uh, I think I'm okay with the draw. Yeah, I'm still going with the draw. All right, then we got Seattle versus Colorado Rapids. Now, given that Seattle's absolute garbage still, I'm going to go with Colorado Rapids because they got rid of Mark Anthony K. So, I'm going to make this... Uh, <laughs> A 2-0 win for Colorado Rapids. <laughs> I love that reasoning. It, it makes perfect sense. That, also, you just raised another good reason why Toronto's probably going to lose. Yes. Um, I mean, we only spit facts here. That's, that's just how it goes. That's how it is here. Just telling you the truth. Uh, Colorado, Seattle. Mm, Seattle ended up winning or losing the last game just assume they lost at seattle they did they lost against chicago so uh yeah i'm gonna go colorado yes that's easy and i don't know it's like seattle has everything that they need in order to win the game the players are there but i don't know what is happening with them that's not clicking together to to get them the wins 
Are yeah. they still just riding the high of the Champions hey, League is, win? This is the best team in North America. They should not have any okay. standard. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe it's being dropped out of the power rankings that's really going to have them all rattled up for this game. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. So, uh, yeah. I mean, dropping out of that, not having won the last two games, I feel like they're just going to have too much on their minds and they're going to lose it. So Colorado's going to win. Yep. Uh, okay, 7 p.m. Saturday night as well. We're going to have, I think, an underrated game. Vancouver versus Chicago. Two bottom-of-the-table teams. Well, actually, Who have been performing recently. I don't, think, I don't think Vancouver's that low. No, I think about Vancouver it. is not. Uh, they are... Where are they? They're 10th place. Yep, Vancouver's in, in 10th the place. Western Conference. Chicago's, Chicago's in 12. 12th. So yeah. neither one bottom them at the table. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be one of them exciting games. I'm going to go with a three-two win, and because I say that, it's probably going to end up nil-nil. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm going to go with a three-two win for Vancouver. I'm going to go with Vancouver on this one, just to stick with the know, Western Conference. You know. Chicago has won back-to-back games recently. Yeah, but they beat Seattle. I mean, come on. Exactly. Uh, who, uh, they scored two goals on someone else recently as well. Yeah. I forget who. Um, let's see. Chicago beat Seattle 1-0. And uh, what was the other game? It's going to kill me if I didn't see it. Uh, oh, no. Never mind. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, they did. They beat Toronto 2-0. So, I guess that win also doesn't count as much. Um, Vancouver, on the other hand, I believe... Let's see. They lost to Minnesota. They drew against Portland, and they drew against Cincinnati. So, they were coming off double draws and one loss. The last team that they beat was LA. Wow. Uh, So... I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go against you, and I'm going to go Chicago is going to win this 2-0. Oh, my God. Are you going to go with Chicago? <laughs> I'm going to go with Chicago. All right. Uh, moving on. I think another underrated game, Portland versus San Jose. It just sounds like chaos and red cards to me. Yeah, this one feels like it's going to be a scoring game and, like you said, red cards. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be live on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, I'm probably going to tune into this one and see how it's going. If the Vancouver Chicago one's a little bit boring, but uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to say who's gonna win right now. Uh, I want to say the score's got to be four three, but I don't know who's gonna be the four and who's gonna be the three. I'll I'll, I'll stick with San Jose and say they get the four. You know what? I'm gonna go with Portland. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's see. I feel like Portland's gonna get the red card, but they're still gonna end up, you know winning yeah and then san jose just to be even gets their own red card oh that's true yeah and the, right. the, the charra bros are gonna carry the team yeah all right we're gonna go uh move on to sunday so we only have two games on sunday uh it's gonna start off with uh second place winners uh austin versus <laughs> new york red bulls uh it's gonna be at 5 p.m austin, i don't think we even have to go deeper into this game yes breakfast tacos uh, it's gonna win. Tacos. It's, I don't know. I got this glimpse of a three-two. So let's go three-two, Austin. I'm gonna go with a two-one, a cheeky little two-one. Um, two, one. All right. Uh, they're gonna be playing in uh, Verde Stadium, no, Q2 Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's move on. Uh, we're gonna go to the Galaxy versus Atlanta. I think that's might be one of the better games to watch. Actually, uh, yeah. I think. Atlanta's probably going to take this one, considering that LA. Uh, oops, Carson. Carson's been uh, struggling recently with their form, losing all those rivalries. I don't think they performed that well in their last match either, right? No, they didn't. Um, so for that I very feel reason, like... I think it'd be like a three-two kind of game. You know, like very similar to the San Jose one, where they were close to tying it up in the last minute. I think that's how it's going to go. I think that is a very, very wishful result. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, and I'm going to give it to Atlanta. It's probably going to be like 1-0. After watching them play against Orlando, 
they struggle to put together a decent attack. Uh, but I still think that they will end up coming out with a result. So I'm going to give it to Atlanta. All right. And that pretty much rounds up all the MLS predictions. What should we talk about next? Is there anything left? Yeah, LA versus oh. Kansas City. Okay, LAFC. Okay, next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, we got to be defeating Kansas City. No matter, even if we are playing in Kansas City's house and it's going to be super hot. Uh, LAFC should be winning this because we got Gareth Bale on the field. Come on. Yeah, I still feel like LAFC is going to end up winning it. But if I recall correctly, didn't we struggle against them the last time we faced them? I think we won 3-1. Oh, I guess we didn't struggle that With much. With the Ismail Tadruri Shradi banger. You're right. Yeah, oh, no. that was... Oh, my God. That would be fantastic if he gets to start in this game. Yes, and he's officially back now. So I say he's going to score another banger from outside the box. Of and course he was, be back. he was on the bench. A 3-0 win this time because we know how to keep clean sheets because we got Chiellini in the defensive line. Right, all right. Uh, yeah, um, we're going to take it. I'm going to go with that result from... from I'm going to go with the same result from last time, 3-1. All right. We should be, we should be keeping more clean sheets. Uh, I think we should get into a rhythm of keeping those, but because we're still not there, I'm still going to give it a 3-1. We might end up conceding. Yes. And plus we got a new Ecuadorian midfielder that I would love to see play. That would be great if he ends up getting in the squad. Maybe not starting, but, you know, just maybe a late sub in, seeing a little bit of chemistry between him and Sifu. Yep. Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty much all I got uh, to talk about today. I mean, I think we covered everything. MLS is literally the only league that's going on right now. So uh, I guess we're part of the league I mix. Right. um, Not much is going to happen. I think... Um, we're getting closer to the LAFC versus America game, which is going to be at the beginning of the next month, so that should be pretty exciting. Uh, but still got a couple more podcasts mm-hmm. to do until then, so joining us on the next episode, as usual, where we, we review all the weekend action. Um, there's going to be a couple more Women's Euro 20, 2022 games that we're going to cover, as well as, guaranteed, there's going to be some friendlies played. So um, it's going to be... We'll talk about all the action that's happening, as usual. Exactly. All right. See you all in the next episode. Later. Bye.